you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast is talking to America right now. And the world from the Chris Wesley Podcast Studio. It's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Heroes both are here as well. And it is the week four preview proper draft edition. Um, we previewed primetime and England game on the Wednesday show, including Chief Jets SNF. Um, there is a report, and thank you to Andrew Siciliano for sending this along to me, that this is from Mark Burns on X. Get in price uh, for Chiefs Jets jumped 43% from $83 to $119 on the secondary market after it was reported that Taylor Swift would likely attend. Whoa. I mean, we just had a, you know, before the show, we don't just w- roll in here and start the show in two minutes. There's a lot of pre-show chatter, and we were debating the whole Taylor Swift thing, which I, I think probably annoys some of our ho- hardcore, like, football fans, but it is of interest to us. That's – okay, but what, <laughs> what does that have to – I don't know. You're supposed to – That was like a big saltine cracker with nothing on it. Yeah, like, what, give me a so little cheese, po- a little flavor. But what What's about what I just said? What's your point? <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's having a – because I yeah. think it's like it is quietly a massive – NFL story because we talked yeah. about yesterday that jersey sales for Travis Kelsey have um, blown up, and that means it's people that didn't care about Travis Kelsey a week ago. Now they do, and it's bringing like this new fan piece of the pie into the NFL Here, world, and so the NFL loves it. Here's my prediction. Let's take out like week one or whatever, but yeah. it, actually, there's Sunday Night Football is never week one. You can uh, stick in this terms of the first game of the year. But how about that? <laughs> um, I think this this game. And I don't really need to see that game get too many extra eyeballs on it because it's going to be um, – don't look up. Yeah. Uh, going to do the biggest number of the year. Hmm. It's because all the Swifties are going to tune in. Yep. Especially the beginning of the telecast. Monster number, and you're going to have Richard Deitch and all the other media people. Marchand, our buddy from the Post. Yeah. Everybody's going to be talking about that. And that maybe will deflect some of the actual agony connected to the football game. How That's many a total, prediction. How many total Lock minutes? Lock it up. That's my prediction. How many total minutes of Taylor Swift do you get airtime on the show? It's not, you know, you can't. No one's going to be satisfied, all these people, with, a, 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 you know, 80 seconds of cutaway the entire time. It's going to have to be minutes on minutes. They're going to have her in a secondary box because it's going to be a 35-point game by third quarter. Right. Mm. I mean, I, I, if there's any two um, American men who can handle this with, like, the coolest – of ways, it's Mike Tirico and Chris Collins. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna be seamless. I don't know. There, she might be a little too mainstream for them. Mm. You know, I could picture Tirico and Collinsworth in like CBGBs in '78. <laughs> you know, th- those guys are punks. Um, all right. So Collinsworth's like a camper van Beethoven fan. <laughs> I don't. I don't get the rap. But I, I like went it. deep. You'll go check him yeah, out. Yeah, I right. will. Good band. Um, today we're gonna go through all of the. Sunday games, not like I said, non prime time. We do a draft style. Greg will have the first pick, um, which, by the way, is the number one pick of the week presented by Draft Kings. And this is the, and it just worked out for old Greggy. 
It did. Yep. Oh, Greggy. The opposite of last year. Stepping in the poop. Yep. You know? Why do they say that? You step in the poop, but it's good luck. Isn't that like a thing? What? I would prefer not that's to. That's bad luck. Yeah, I've never but heard I think it that. means like, something good ne- is going to happen to you, or I've maybe that's when that. a, a bird uh, relieves itself on you. It doesn't matter. Greg's a very lucky boy. Work on your jargon. So now he will take, with the first overall pick. The Miami Dolphins heading to the Buffalo Bills. Hello. Jim Nance. <laughs> Tony Romo. It was pretty easy to take this first overall. I was excited when I realized that the Bills are two and a half point favorites in this game. The total is What's the over under on this baby? 53 and a half. Hello. Which uh, you know, to be 153 and a half. Uh carry the one. Uh that's 16 and a half less than the Dolphins scored uh, by themselves last week. And I thought about locking this game up for the Bills, uh getting bold cuz I do think this can be a Reminder for everyone that Buffalo has, because the Dolphins are the story of the NFL right now, that we're a different Bills team. We've been in a lot of big-time games, and they are different because they're a run-first team. I don't know about, like, they're going to have a high run percentage, but they do have the highest two tight end percentage in the entire NFL. That's now through three weeks. Some of these numbers matter more to me. And they're fourth in the NFL in explosive run rate. They've been doing these long, slow drives. It is a very different Bills offense, and it's going against a different Dolphins defense, which has just been meh. They're 21st in DVOA. They haven't been great. But what they do is give up long, slow drives. So I I do think offensively the Bills are more prepared this year than they have in past years to slow down in offense like the Dolphins, and we can get to that side of the ball, but they can slow them down partly with these long, slow offensive drives. And, and I really think I've been impressed by the way Josh Allen's played and the way they've been running the ball. Yeah, I mean, James Cook, I think rather quietly, second among running backs in yardage to Woo! only Christian McCaffrey. Like, he's looked great three weeks in a row. That is a new element to their offense. I mean, they had him last year, but it's like you're getting this version of it. They're him. doing it with a lead, too, which impresses yeah, me. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm with you on, on the fact that their offense, if you get, like, the – and I get a little tired of this, like, which version of Josh Allen will you get? But to be honest, like, he kind of blew the game against the Jets, and it's like if they get into a situation where Miami's offense is using its speed against a Bills defense that is really stout, even without Von Miller, um, but not a super fast defense. I mean, I don't know what defense is out there that can deal with Miami's speed. And, like, there are these amazing None. clips out there that show, you know, you've got a, you've got Raheem Mostert running right up the center of the field and, like, four or five Broncos players, like, looking like they're asleep on the grass, like they're napping, <laughs> like they're snoozing. And it's like if that's what they do and they demoralize Denver so quickly, it's a bad defense. This is a different Bills defense that leads the NFL with nine takeaways. Um 12 sacks, again, without Von Miller. Leonard Floyd's been really big for them. And there was a question, like, can Sean McDermott, head coach, and also call the defense um, adequately to great? And it's been great so far. So it's at least the Dolphins getting, I think, a real test this time after last week's apocalypse for Denver. <laughs> so the Dolphins, week one, out of their minds. Week three, out of their minds. The Bills are saying, well, week two against the Patriots. They were efficient. They think they had over 400 yards, right, Greggy? Yeah, and but, a, a couple unforced errors and the drives there that the Patriots really weren't the ones that made him stop. Right, but it's the old Rocky Four thing. The Russian's been cut. He is a man. He bleeds. <laughs> and it's not like the Dolphins have um, rolled through all three weeks unstoppable. So I think the Bills are looking at that. I think you nailed that, Greg, with your comment that 
the the Bills have to do what they can do, which is control the pace of this game. The defense uh, has to be opportunistic. They got just got to slow down this machine because you know Miami's playing obviously with a lot of confidence, and you got to get too uncomfortable. That has been a big part of this too. Is just sitting back there. Ding dong, ding 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 ding. How do you ding. do it though? It's so tough yeah. when he gets rid of the ball so fast. Right, it's and tough. that's that's part of it. And there are ways to d- defend that. I would imagine to kind of clamp down on on the receivers. But again, these aren't normal receivers. Is Jay, is Waddle back this week? I think it, he he's practiced. Be back, yeah. So that's going to be an added challenge. But the the Bills, yeah, they need to somehow find a way to disrupt the flow of this Miami d- offense because we've seen it. We saw it last year. This offense is not impervious. Like, if you knock them off their kilter and get them kind of misaligned, they can struggle for even weeks at a time. And I kind of like the Bills in this spot. I think I respect the Dolphins, what they've done. But I think Buffalo has really course-corrected mm. well here in these last two weeks. They're playing very well on both sides of the ball. I love the way Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are working together right now. And I think this is a bit. I think this is the Bills' game. I think we're wow. going to take a little wind out of the sails of the Dolphins this week. I feel like yeah, I'm always a little worried when we're all on the same page, or maybe we're not all, but Dan, Dan and I are on the same page here, I, because this is a different Dolphins offense. I, I'm really excited to see how their run game moves forward, and to me, that's the biggest change this year from last is how in sync this running game is, and that's what Mike McDaniel does well. But to me. The one stat that ex- explains more than anything else, if you just want to understand why the Dolphins are who the Dolphins are, is that Tua has the fastest time to throw in the NFL and also has the highest air yards per attempt in the NFL. That's just a math problem that kind of breaks your brain and it breaks defenses. He throws it the quickest and he throws it the deepest. And he's going against a defense on paper that is as well set up to stop him as any defense in the NFL because they've been together for five or six years. You got Micah Hyde who's playing great. Poyer, maybe not so much, uh, but they've been together a long time, and they're designed to prevent big plays, and we'll see if that can happen. Right now, Tua, in his passing EPA, is the highest through three weeks since Tom Brady's uh, in 2007, and that's the kind of offense this t- this offense has been so far. Yeah, it's just, just like it's it's absolutely working, and it, it, I would point to something. I know we're in a different era than we were um, back in the day, but Tyreek Hill has six 150-plus-yard games in 20 appearances with the Dolphins. Mark Clayton, Dolphins <laughs> legend, had eight Why is in 146. In a big spot? I'm not a straight. He had eight in 146, and that was with Dan Marino. So it's like that was a high-octane offense. It's just Let's that- put Dan Marino in this offense and see, you know, what would happen. He had a quick release too. I mean, like that. that he avoided a lot of sacks. But it's like it's like you. How do you? I I I can see what the Bills did to Sam Howell last week, and they've been dominant two weeks in a row. But it's like. I'm not sure anyone can do it to the Dolphins. No, the same I think way. they're even then. Fifty-three seems low, like as the total. Like it, it, for all I'm saying, it's a different Bills offense. He slowed the game down. The defense is better. I still think you got to win like twenty-nine, twenty-six. It's not going to be something where you keep them down. Dolphins are one and eleven in Buffalo in their last twelve games. It's like, but but last year, even in that like in the playoff game with a deep-seated distant quarterback, not your starter, they gave them battle. Skyler like they, Thompson almost took them out. Right, the Bills weren't quite right by the end of last season either. I mean, you had obviously the Hamlin situation. You saw what happened the following week against Cincinnati. True. I feel like they're like, in a good spot like, here. There, it is, it's not a terrible spot, but it's like, I mean, the, what the Dolphins did less than a week ago is historic. 
Like I kind, I'm not, I'm not kind of feel but like this ain't the Broncos no more. It isn't, but come show me that yeah. you can stop this team. That was the game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sports app and use code ATN. That's code ATN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. But you guys aren't allowed to watch this at all. Oh, we just me. Me and Jim Nance. I actually, it's super annoying because I was trying to maneuver that like how do i do it but this damn nfl schedule is driving me nuts this year so far we have another sunday where there's only three late games nine early. Nine, i know nine early. so so we're getting pelted here where we have to um all split those games up so there's no way to really keep an eye on that game which is a damn shame and again bully to you greg you really stepped in it which i think means good luck doesn't sound good <laughs> all right uh big news uh second overall pick there's a trade what? First time this season. I'm always suspicious of these trades when I'm not involved. <laughs> Why should you? I, I actually was planning to maybe make an offer to you for today. Wouldn't it Like a godfather it, yeah. offer. But I was like, you know what? No. I would have thought about it because there is a one intriguing late game. I, I know. After I heard I what you said before the show, I was like, damn, I should offer two number ones. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, Dan sends uh, the number two overall pick today. And the number four overall pick next week to Mark Sessler, who sends me back today's number three overall pick and next week's number two pick from Mark. Um, so, yes. I, like, so I got a text from Dan about this. Okay. I didn't even look at the terms because it's like, I, like I, you know. Mark got no premium whatsoever. <laughs> oh, Mark got a premium. Oh, Mark got a premium. What's your pick, Mark? I guess I get, I do get to pick this game. That is a. What a what a treat! Uh, I'm gonna go Baltimore at Cleveland. That's okay. the premium. Okay, okay, I see. They're like, you know, this you is wouldn't one, have taken that. This isn't one week. Me? No, I don't think you would have. I absolutely would have. Would? Taken. Okay. That's why I traded the pick. Okay, all right. Well, that's off. The, I, then, th- there's no high value number three pick for me. Sure, okay. I bully no. to me. I stepped yeah. in whatever it is people are stepping okay. in. That's fair. That's fair. I like this game. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, the Browns. We all are know in. the Browns are <laughs> well, in. No, it. I kind of like it for for the Ravens' reasons too. I watched them last week in that in the Colts game, and like, uh, I don't know. We're yeah. three weeks into the season, and I am not s- totally sold on this Ravens' offense. Um, I mean, I think you got a you got flashes of Lamar Jackson reminding you that the fire is still there and burning burning bright. That there was these moments of excellence. Well, but, you heard the Lamar me after week two. They just go nuts as soon as Lamar has a big week. Yeah, but, but I'm not, he's sandwiched I, I, those uh, that one big game now with two kind of like. Meh. I'm not in the Lamar me. Like I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying you no, are. I'm more suspicious yeah. of anything else. Week three was okay. That was a week, direct like shot week? right at the bow of Rosenthal. Yeah, week one. I, I don't think, know. I think like he the, struggled week one. Last week was there was a lot going on. I, I'm seeing. I, I'm seeing mis- like uh, this this offense making mistakes. Um, look couple games, Lamar Jackson with some terrible fumbles and ball control issues. Um, I think also the way that they crumbled on third and fourth down last week in key situations where it was like, I get it, it's a rookie receiver. I think Zay Flowers has a great future, but there were some bad drops. Um, Mark Andrews has not really gotten, he wasn't active week one, but he's not really gotten unhooked in this offense at this point. In general, it's just like, do you really trust them to go damage people? They had a lot of injuries. I think if you, if you want to say why things can change, uh, Ronnie Stanley's practicing. Mm. Tyler Linderbaum's practicing on I mean, defense. They were, they were down Williams six of eleven starters. Right. Last so week they've done what they've done. Six. They've done what they've done with injuries. I get so. that. But it, this is a different Browns defense. And even Cleveland during milk toast seasons, 
they've had at least one game against Baltimore where they kind of like your division opponent, you know who they are, and they show they know who the Ravens were. And like this is a different attack, but I think Cleveland, what they're doing right now, and we've talked about it a lot, it's kind of crazy. They forced three and outs on 61.5% of opponent drives. That's obviously the most in the NFL. They've allowed one touchdown all season. Um, they basically, last week against Tennessee, what Tennessee accumulated in an entire game, other teams do in like two or three drives. It's like they just find a way to shut them down. And, and we talked on... We talked yesterday about just the way that Miles Garrett now has been unleashed by Jim Schwartz because you've got Zadarius Smith and help around him. Um, it's just dangerous. And I, I really don't know how Baltimore deals with this. It's like it's kind of like the reverse of dealing with Miami's offense. It's like, show me that you can go put it on Cleveland's defense. I, I don't know if this version of where the Ravens are, maybe it's going to take them a couple more weeks or even a month plus to kind of see what this offense is. But I just don't trust them to go four quarters and outmatch the Browns. I think the, the Browns should be pleased with the schedule makers. They're catching the Ravens now. Sure. And like they could be 3-0 and in their division. They probably should have won that Steelers game. They, they didn't, but they could be 2-1 and in the division. Uh, it's not just that the Ravens are forming and the, and the Browns are coming out like a house on fire. It's the injury situation. Even, even if you get those two offensive linemen back, Bateman's out of practice. OBJ is out of practice. Uh, they're, the the linemen are coming back, and they're not 100%. Dobbins uh, got a concussion, so you actually have three new injuries of starters. Uh, not Dobbins. Uh, Gus Edwards, obviously, replacing Dobbins. And the matchup of snaps, this, this is always on my radar. Okay. This is my corner. Uh, that Roquan Smith and Clowney and, and that Ravens team were on the field so long last week. Roquan Smith played 84 snaps last week. Miles Garrett and the Browns barely played. It was like a preseason game. 36 snaps for Miles Garrett. That That's more than double that the Ravens defense. And I'm not saying they're going to come out tired. I think the Ravens have a, a chance in this game. But to me, the Browns are a little more fully formed right now. And I'm, I'm a little surprised they're not favored by more. What are they? Two and a half point favorites in this game. That's not a lot of respect for the early season Browns, nope. actually. Uh, yeah, Baltimore's offense was weird against the Colts. They scored a touchdown on the first drive. And then after that, fumble, punt, fumble. Uh, punt, punt, punt. They scored a touchdown field goal. Punt, punt. Miss field goal. Punt, downs. And there was, very rarely can you boil, and that was a very even back and forth game against the Colts. And again, shout out to the Colts who are frisky. Um, With our backup quarterback in there. Third and six at the Indy 44-yard line. 7.08 to play in overtime. And uh, Lamar has Zay Flowers over the middle. Uh, open. I mean, open, open, and he completes that pass. Ravens win that game. Like it, it was. That's and that's. Well, or if they call the PI on the next play, which was even worse, wasn't it? Unless I'm no, they punted. They, I'm mixing I'm, up the P, the non-PI call on the fourth down. Yes, yes. but it, that and that's how slim the margin of error is. You you know you need your quarterback to hit that throw because Justin Tucker's not missing uh, once they're inside the thirty there, inside the forty, and so it's not like they had some type of miserable. Um, game overall, but the offense, yes, is inconsistent, and that's why I agree that the Browns are playing with so much confidence on defense and the way they're swarming right now, Cleveland, that it's going to show me something, Greggy, if Lamar uh, can get right on Sunday. Yeah, uh, and this is, you know, to be fair, the best offense the Browns have played. They've played three offenses in offensive lines in particular that have been terrible. I mean, the Bengals offense has kind of been a mess to start the season, the, the Steelers and the Titans. Now, the Browns have made all three of those teams look worse 
by far than they have against any other teams. But those are three really struggling offenses. This this will be tougher. I'm also curious how the Browns' offense looks. You really saw a transition away from the Nick Chubb offense last week. I think it was pretty clear. They're, they're second in the league in empty formations in terms of having you know, no one in the backfield with him and just spread it out. Stefanski came out and it, he was just throwing it all against the wall. It was like, you know, jet sweeps and trick plays and design runs for Watson and empty and Watson kind of going through and, and avoiding sacks. It was Watson's best game. It wasn't even a great game, but it was a good enough game. It's pretty good. And that's better. That's better. Yeah. Uh, Shook said the same thing. Or I watched it. And I'm like, I'm not saying better. this is Texans uh, Watson, but that, that was no. big progress. He made, but, he made some yeah. nice throws, avoided sacks really well. I think it's partly because he had one of the biggest bloopers since Aaron Brooks. Uh, that was uh, insane. You know, just like right. that, that, yeah. that was in that game. But you're right. Other than that, he, he was quite good. So I'm, con- I'm, I'm watching that. Like, let's see if that transition continues because it was a lot less under center run game. The run game stunk last week, and it might struggle this week. Against By the way, Ravens if team. Elijah Moore doesn't happen for the Browns, it won't be for a lack of trying. Yeah. They, they are. are. Yeah. <laughs> they are. I think one of his frustrations in New York was that they weren't scheming ways to get on the ball. The Browns are relentlessly scheming to get the ball to Elijah Moore. It hasn't really resulted in much yet, but that's something to keep an eye on as they become more of a passing offense going forward. All right. I guess now that comes to me. And, uh, yeah, like I said, one of the reasons I wanted to get out of that spot um, was because I knew Mark wanted that game, and I wasn't in love with a third game. So, But I will take, let's stay in the NFC East or head to the NFC East. So you East. did it for my benefit. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I know the, I know the score here. That's a score. He knows also that he didn't love that that I like game, it. and next week it might help him out. Yeah, I yeah. like that game. It's good for us. But I know somebody really wanted that game. Yeah. Well, I guess I appreciate it. I mean, I do <laughs> genuinely. Um, well, if you would have if you would have turned your nose up at the trade offer, I would have had no choice. But I just take wrote, it. How long did it take me? How long it took me? Maybe point eight seconds to write. Sure, I didn't even look at the. Time. I was hoping for a little gamesmanship, yeah. but there was nothing. I would have I would have given up less. Mark's the guy you want to send more. offers to in fantasy football. No, it's just like, so just yes. like depending on how he feels, it's like that's eh, too much trouble to turn it down. I'll I think it was it. within four <laughs> seconds he wrote sure. It was last um, <laughs> let's see. I will, yeah, take the Commanders at the Eagles. Hmm. Uh, like the game, don't love it. Don't actually after those two games, don't love the slate. Yeah, this it gets week. a little bleak. Um, but um, I want to see Washington. It was the last game I watched um, right before it came in today. And uh, listen, it was bad. The Sam Howell was forcing things, and and they got absolutely creamed. However, I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. I think you alluded to it, Greg, on maybe the Sunday show, the Sunday night show. This was a two-score game in the fourth quarter. It was 16 nothing, but it was a two-score game. And beyond that, um, in the they were in the red zone twice. The Commanders in this game, like right on the doorstep, and the, it ended once a turnover on downs near the goal line, and once at an interception. Uh, so they were knocking on the doors against the Bills, a tough Bills defense, and, and things went to hell. And after it was sixteen nothing in the fourth, there was an immediate terrible fumble by Antonio Gibson that was led to a touchdown and then a pick six, and it's good night, Nurse. He's got like five of those a year. That's that's been a problem. Yeah. So. As bad as that final score was for the Commanders, I'm willing, especially with a young quarterback, to give him a little bit of a mulligan and say, okay, how are we going to look next week? The only problem here is 
The next opponent now is the Eagles. So it's going to be a real measuring stick. Um, Like we talked about on Monday, I think it's been overblown. Philadelphia's offensive struggles early on. Mm. They've got tons of yardage still. DeAndre Swift looks like the comeback player of the year. I would imagine he's eligible for that ridiculous award. Um, And and just wait. Just wait until Jalen Hurts gets locked in with the passing game. A big test for Young and Sweaty and Deron Payne and everybody on that line to cause havoc. I like so Howell, who's been sacked a league high 19 times. A lot of those are on him. I, it's like that he that's sort of his growth process here. I, I just see a team that like you're right. Like uh, the Bills didn't just walk away from that game like immediately, but Washington just sort of handed it away, and like Philadelphia can just take advantage of that. I I, I think that Philadelphia like I'm with you. I think that you saw AJ Brown heat up a little bit last week, and I just expect that Hertz is gonna. Whatever little kind of slow start to the season, he'll work his way out of this. But they are a team that, like, systematically is ripping off, like, 13-plus play drives. Like, the, I think they lead the league in those. or the tie with the Rams for that at this point. And Your kind of drives. Yeah, I love that because I think it kind of, like, something's not totally working at its maximum. They just found another way to run. And, like, Washington last week, one of the reasons I like the Bills is because of their ground game. And what they did last week was 168 yards on the ground and Philadelphia is like 450 plus in the last two weeks. And we talked about Swift, but it's like, I just don't see what the weakness is on Philadelphia that a Washington strength can take advantage of. I, I just, I think it's sort of, there's, there are a bit sitting ducks in this one. I, I wonder if the Eagles secondary depth has been properly tested. They've had multiple injuries in terms of their slot cornerback this at, at safety Maybe the linebackers. I, I do think Washington's deep in terms of their passing. Take. Are they ready to take advantage? I don't know. Eight points seems too much for me. I, I like me some commanders to either win this game or to keep it close in, in a bounce back game. Because I do think this is the best defense Philly has faced. You, I think schedule is so important, I, I believe, early in the season that you got to look at, at who these teams have played. And I think Washington... They were up for the fight last week. I think they'll be up for the fight every week, and I, I think they'll make them compete. And I do think, okay, this is a division game where these coaches have played against each other, and they the Washingtons consistently created some issues for Philadelphia. They beat them last year uh, in that game where they just held the ball forever. It was Philly's first loss of the year. It's a division game. And the offensive line for Philly, it's, it's far from an issue, but it hasn't been as good protecting the pass uh, this year as previous years. Like, it's been good instead of excellent. And Hertz has been good instead of excellent. So is this a defense that could actually give him some trouble? I'm convincing myself, yes, and that'll be close. I would just say one, a good one, one thing that's different from that Monday night game a year ago where they did, they, the Washington had the ball for so much. The Eagles have had the ball for 80 minutes over the last yeah, two games. that's true. And we talk about snap count and who's rested and who isn't. Like, the Eagles' defense has really not had to be on the field much. And they're quietly better. That's one thing I think Eagles fans have got to feel better. I, I actually think the Eagles' defense might be better this season so far. Jalen Carter leads the Eagles. We talked about on Wednesday with 15 QB pressures. Um, Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham neither have a sack yet and just one QB hit each. But, listen, the, they have so much talent and they have so much ability and they're staying, the offense is keeping the defense off the field that these guys are just warming up. I would not be worried at all about that either. And I think maybe A.J. Brown's going to finally get you a touchdown here in a big spot. I mean, I'm not going to complain. Last week he went, what, eight, one for eight for 130 or something? Right, right. I see you, A.J. I believe in Clanking you. that one off the I believe you. I, be- I believe in you. I Do I wish I took Devontae Adams or Stefan Diggs? I kind of do. Just got a little, a little too much with my heart there.
I like the like Eagles my, in like the my game. Gino lock. I like the Eagles here to keep rolling. But to cover? Well, it's eight. Eight's a lot. Eight's a lot of points. It's a lot of wood. It may not say. be a lot though. Sometimes you get to you get at Philly. You know, Philly, especially with Jalen Hurts, who's essentially unbeatable um, in the regular season here, uh, they start they they turn into a bit of a runaway train at home. So mm-hmm. yes, I think they're gonna they're gonna take that wood. I'm with you. They're gonna chop it up, throw it in the old furnace. Is that how it works? Maybe. Yeah, you could you could do that. Sure. If you had that kind of oven. All right. Should we keep Still. going? Should we roll? Another game. Another game. Up next, uh, Mark. It's back to you. Unconventional this week because of the huge oh. trade. In the first you, round. I think you've tricked me into having like six games on Sunday. I don't think so. I think we have the same. You have the same amount of picks. Yeah, everything's just, everything else is the All same. Right. Uh, well, I told you pre-show what I what I really He's wanted. He's spinning out. No, I'm not. I love this, actually. I am going to take my late game. Um, if you're new to the show, we have to, you know, you got to kind of str- be strategic about how you organize your day. Arizona at San Francisco. Um, I think in week one, I would have been like, this will be a nice, easy, just a wipeout. Uh, I think this is disrespectful, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Arizona are, are is getting 14 points in this. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. Oh, so I, I guess like it's come. You have to come from the world of like I look at that Cowboys game, and it's kind of like an aberration from the norm. I look at Arizona that has fought every team they've they played this season, and that. Well, it's like, also looking at San Francisco. And it is, that's and the like, best team like, in the I, NFL. I think I think San Francisco, like, it's not in, totally wild to me. It's just that, like, it's a little disrespectful to a team that just wiped out a Dallas team we're calling a Super Bowl contender, and, and I think they are. And it's just like this is a well-coached Cardinals team. And I, if you went into the year thinking like the tank thing is on, whether or not the players and coaches want it to be, because Josh Dobbs just simply cannot compete. He's fourth in the league in completion percentage. He's making plays. I mean, he uses his feet, too. James Conner is running as well as I've ever seen him run. Their defense is disrupting people. It made the Cowboys look a little foolish at points last week. Um, can you do that to San Francisco? I don't think so. Um, Brock Purdy, really, I think one thing that you can talk about with the Kyle Shanahan offense is they've had 30-plus points in seven, eight of it, seven of his eight starts. Uh, he's had open targets on 65.4% of his downfield throws. By far the highest percentage among quarterbacks with 50-plus downfield throws since last season. So it's like, this is the Shanahan offense. It works. Um, Debo Samuel's a little banged up. Uh, that concerns me to some degree, except they have so many different weapons I, it, that this will be Arizona's real test. Does the floor fall out here? I would just say I think no, because I think that what they've done over three weeks has sh- shown an ability, especially on defense, to hang around. They've hung around, and like what they did to Dallas a week ago was not – was not an aberration. I think it was a, a sign of what they are under Jan- Jonathan Gannon, who was an off-season, like everyone's snickering at Jonathan Gannon for some of the, like, the clips that came out about him and the way he kind of spoke to the team. <laughs> yes, that, we are that someone. Yeah. So well, I mean, I guess we, we also did that, we did that to Sirianni in Philadelphia, and then we kind of learned from that a little bit. But it's like... No, we didn't, we didn't learn anything. I mean, it's okay to have some we're fun. fun. We were just, I wasn't <laughs> taking it so seriously that like this man is doomed <laughs> forever. No, but it's like it's another example of like some of this, like like the way they speak to the team is... is by the way, just for context, so people that don't know the, the, the origin of that drop, that was the new head coach of the Cardinals going up to a wide receiver uh, for the first time, introducing himself and explaining all the different routes he's going to run. Right. Marquise Brown, and these were the sounds he was making. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's funny. It's a little strange. But as, as my children would say, a little sus. It's a little sus. <laughs> 
But he's done it good, don't you? Would you say he's? Would you give him a, at Dave, least a B plus? If, if oh, better for is sure, I give him an but, A. I give him an A. I get this is so upsessler. Uh, they are the alley. team of Sestiel right now. Yeah, I mean, you you like the team that sucks that then kind of has a little heart, and and that's cool. I think uh, most sports fans would be attracted. Sure, but to that. you especially, and and if it's a small sample size, um, you tend to maybe get carried away a little bit. Sometimes. Well, all right. Like, putting it on the Cowboys is not just this thing that is of zero importance. No, they, they've been consistent. They're, they're ten- not roughing the Sessler. I'm just saying this you're is not. perfect. You're not. You're right. It's you're, a perfect Sessler storm You are here. correct. But can I, can I counter and say <laughs> that, like, a Danism is to kind of dismiss what they did to the Cowboys because you believe in the Cowboys. Yes, because I, I, I agree. Like, for instance, I think it is absolutely commendable the way Arizona has been in every game, despite the fact that everyone said they were going to get blown out every week and maybe not win the season. So that is that's that's definitely flowers. Um, I do also think these things happen in a season. I think Dallas was flat on the road three days after one of their key players blew out his knee in practice. And I think they caught Dallas a little flat-footed and, to their credit, took advantage of it. I just think now going to San Francisco is a whole other situation. A healthy Who has extra rest too. Niners team. Brandon Ayuk, uh, I imagine, is potentially back in the lineup here. And I just think it's it's a great story. If Arizona yeah. battles for four quarters against the Niners, I think they're a pretty big story. In the yeah, NFC. if they ever nip the Niners, and I realize that is like – Beat from, them out, if that's, if that's from I said nipped. If that was from outer space, I get that the concept of that. They are one of the most shocking NFL stories we've ever covered. Well, I think the thing about Arizona is everyone just has to recognize how foolish so much of what we accept as wisdom going into the, a season is. Because just based on football, they're pretty good this year. They're actually 10th in DVOA. They, they've been quite competitive every single week. I don't think that's going to last totally because of their talent, but I think good coaching could get them – to be feisty all year and they could win five or six games or what, whatever it turns out being like at this point, every literally everyone was completely wrong. We spent half the offseason just saying like this, this team is a total abomination. They're not, they're competitive <laughs> on defense. They're a pack of roaming dogs. Sometimes. I mean, they were pretty creative. They spooked Dak last week. There's some formations there where like, what is happening? It's just like seven guys kind of like walking around. I'm making weird movements. Kaiser White, my guy, uh, I've always liked Kaiser White, had like the game of his life last week. It wasn't just the interception. Like they're getting guys to play well, but this is a totally different animal. I'm with you. 14. The Cowboys win was really impressive. I think they'll be able to. I don't to... know how good the commanders are, the Giants are at this point, but I just need to see a little bit more before okay. I get like swept up in this. Here's the thing. And you're right, Mark. That's kind of my thing, but I sometimes I hate the beginning of an NFL season where it's the three-game sample size and, and, and we get fired up about it, and then by week six, it's completely on its ear, and sometimes not. This one, to me, smells Niners, Bengals, Rams next three weeks. Do I see a win? And I don't necessarily, and it'll be one in five, but call me a hater. I, I'm just no, not I think, there No, I think yet. last week maybe told us as much about the Cowboys as it did about the Cardinals. Mm. I mean, I think the Cardinals are showing, though, that they can compete with the middle of the NFL. So I think they'll yes, have a chance with the I agree Bengals. with that. And then, but the middle of the NFL probably can't compete with the 49ers uh, most week. I liked how Kittle looked better last week. I just haven't seen a lot of explosive Kittle in a while. It's been a quieter story. Still that's great why guy. He, that's but, why he left the Superstar Club to great, right. to great criticism from outside sources yeah, outside it, this yeah. building. Really played well. And, oh, you might have, might have been pressing. And their front line, look, the Cardinals offensive line has been a huge <laughs> part of their 
success this year. They're playing well up front, and this will be a much tougher test uh, against a, a 49ers team that looks better up front. They weren't getting any interior pressure last year. This year, Hargrave is balling out. Nice signing. Kinlaw's look better, and Armstead is healthy. Last year, you didn't have any of those three guys essentially at 100% or playing well, and suddenly you have three, and that's a lot to deal with. All right. Um, I'm up. Gets a little rugged I, at this point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna give Greg a, a pass here, because hmm. I would take. Just take it, because now I'm, because of the way the the thing works, I'm gonna have an extra game. I don't care anymore, because the late games I'm gonna be watching double. No, no I don't want to watch Mac Jones. Forget about that. Oh, that's okay. a struggle. How a dare. visual struggle. How dare you? Uh, all right. How about the team of Zeus TL, the Indianapolis Colts? Let's grab them against the Rams at home. I hope we get Anthony Richardson back in this game. He did practice. Is you know, it sounds like it's possible. Do you I, do you think he's? Well, I know you like him, but like you think he's going to give them a better chance than Gardner Minshew? I don't think Minshew played very well last week, actually. Um, and I like Minshew as a backup. Mm -hmm. I, w I wish he was my team's backup, but I don't. I don't think um, there shouldn't be any like conversation about who should be this quarterback. I, I think Richardson's proven in the in the time he's been on the field that he's already going to be a difference maker. He's just got to protect himself better and get a little luckier. I saw, like, I've seen a lot of stuff around Richardson saying, you know, and, of course, it started in week one when Trevor Lawrence said to him after the game, hey, you got to protect yourself. That's why this is a hard sport. Like, we're watching this right now, by the way, on on, uh, on free TV and YouTube. Like, that hit he takes where he suffers a concussion, it's like he was trying to protect himself. He gets pushed right at the goal line as right. he's scoring a touchdown. Tell me how to protect yourself no, right. on that. Like say. he was basically – that was a borderline late hit that led to his injury. So I hope – I want to see Richardson play because he, he really has been as good as advertised. Um, and, and, and he's a dynamic player. And the Colts in general, that performance against Baltimore, one of the great kicker performances uh, that we've seen, really. Like I – you could say like, it's a bit with Dan and kickers. No, I love kickers, especially clutch kickers. Um, and what Matt Gay did in that game was outrageous with four. He hit from 53, 53, 53, and 54. And I'm trying to remember who called the game. He had a nice little call at the end. He goes, he mentioned the, the makes and said, and he piped every single one. That was Jay Feely because he was going wild. Oh, it was Feely? So Jay Feely, <laughs> Dan, Dan annoyed that he gave Feely pop. Hey, is, that, he, wait, is Feely he, the same guy that – Post for the prom picture with his daughter and the date while holding a gun. Is that the same? That is him, yeah. Same. I didn't track that. But one in the same. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he piped every single one. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> this team, I thought, has been very fun to watch. And uh, the Rams, I think this is another competitive game. I think Los Angeles is going to hang a lot of, in a lot of these games. One thing I, I really love about what the Beng what the Colts have done, because, yes, it's it's they're really well coached, just like it's the other coordinator that came from Philadelphia, Steichen. You can see his fingerprints all over it. But part of it is like pieces that were there a year ago. DeForest Buckner and that defensive line have caused problems in every one of these games. They did it to the Ravens. And last week, the Rams, Lou Anarumo's Bengals defense kept them for 1 of 11 on third down, gave Matt Stafford all sorts of problems. And I think this is a matchup I don't like for the Rams in terms of their offensive line versus a Colts defensive line that has wreaked a lot of havoc. That's a, it's a great point, Mark. It's uh, a great point. Mark. The Colts' defense has been Where really impressive. It? Roberts, we need it. Like, we got to dig it up, and we got to play it. <laughs> that's a great point, Mark. Um, you're right. The Colts' defense has well, gotten that's a great after. point, Mark. <laughs> Who was it? Nobody knows. Who was that talking? Yeah. It was D. It's Jeremiah. No, it's not. No, it's... Well, that's a great 
point, Mark. I don't think it is. It's Tony Grossi, the Browns reporter. So oh, when he came on I've always thought that was Browns. Jeremiah. I, I do like, and I, Mark kind of like, has a detailed catalog of all the no, compliments but you know he's what? ever no, gotten. No, but I like grew up reading Tony Grossi <laughs> when I was nice like one. in middle school. So one. that kind of, you know, of course I know who For it is. For some reason, I th- always thought it was DJ and it was almost like it was, he, it was, hard, to, said that it was hard to pull the words out of him. Like he didn't want to give you the compliment <laughs> oh, and he's Jeremiah. just like slowly, no. slowly saying Tony Grossi might have known what he was doing there in that situation. But. Wait, what are we talking about again? Uh, I, I think I made a great point about the Colts defensive front. They have gotten after people. Get after uh, Epicom uh, has had some nice moments. Grover Stewart, certainly. You got you got Buckner, and that's the weakness of the Rams. But then you think of, on the outside, these little receivers going down the field. Can they win against some big Colts cornerbacks? You know who impressed me last week was Juju Brent. Can't say I was too familiar with him as a draft prospect. He was like one of those guys that, that uh, if you're really into, like, speed score and raw athleticism score was maybe the most athletic cornerback in the draft. I was at his pro day. Just, <laughs> was, he was performing. Just like what, one of those guys who just like tested out of the gym but what, didn't really play that well f- at football. Uh, it, and kind of like Tariq Woolen was a year ago. And this was his first game a week ago because he was injured the first two weeks. And he balled out against Baltimore. And he's a big guy. They have some big cornerbacks in Indianapolis. So I'm, I'm interested in that matchup. This is a, a fun little matchup. Good job by uh, Vegas. The desert has this one right. Again, Colts by one and a half. It's actually some respect yeah. for the Rams there. It is. You know, they're saying on a neutral field the Rams would be better. the Colts better. favorites in week four after the misery of last season and the way people were talking about the team having so many issues. I'm with you. I think one thing that, like, you thought, oh, without Jonathan Taylor, they're sitting ducks with a rookie quarterback. Like, it's going to be – it's like Zach Moss, who, like, has been underwhelming career-wise, like, yes. is currently – and I'm not, I'm not making a comparison, but he's outperforming – what a banged-up Jonathan Taylor was at this point a year ago. Like, I would just say that, you know, he had 122 yards last week, and, like, he looked good. It's like, I mean, they're that's, not – that's not a total weakness for them where we thought it would be. That's Steichen. That's a sign that your coach is br- – I always say, you need a coach that brings something to the table. I'm all the in fa- The fact yeah. that you can see Zach Moss going for 100-plus, that you, you have to put that on the coaching <laughs> I'm so the offensive line, the run game, it's impressive. The I'd line's be, been a lot better. Like that. Yeah, I'd be like, going crazy though as a Colts fan because you're really happy with the start of the season overall, other than the Richardson health stuff. And there are reports out there that Taylor's ankle, Jonathan Taylor's ankle, is fully healthy. Um, there's also a report from Dan Graziano um, that he's nearing his, he's eligible to come off the pup after this Sunday. Quote still doesn't want to play for the Colts, so oh. it, it seems like this is heading toward. A divorce. You know what? The Eagles are probably going to get him for a six-round pick or something, and then it's just going to be like, you know, I would love to see this off this team that is in kind of a, a bounce-back place with an exciting young quarterback. Give him a dynamic running back because forget about 2022 Jonathan Taylor. 2021 Jonathan Taylor was one of the great running back years of the last decade plus. Like if you could get that guy to this office, this team starts to get legitimately frisky and maybe even spicy. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen based on the reports unless there's some type of come-to-Jesus conversation between Ursay and Taylor. And, by the way, if anybody remembers the last conversation they had, it couldn't have gone worse. So No, I could see him on the Cowboys, but I, I'd say it's just another kind of credit to Shane Steichen that what's happened over the last couple of weeks, 
has us forgetting all that drama from just a month ago. The, I, an organization that seemed to want to shoot itself in the foot endlessly. It's a fun game because it's a, it's a swing game, I think, for both teams. Like, who's going to be the feisty team? Because the Rams have the Eagles next week, but they, they get their star back, and he actually wants to play for the Rams. Cooper Cup is supposedly going to be ready to return for Week 5, but if, nice. they, if, they, if they fall to 1-3, and three, then you start maybe hearing whispers about trade stuff, and you got the Eagles next week. Like, trade deadline starts getting pretty soon, but if they can win a couple of these games that they have a I chance. I want to see healthy... Matt Stafford yes. with healthy Cooper yes. Cup with Puka Nakua. Let's, yeah. I mean, that's going to be. Let's fly. That's going to be nice. You fantasy yeah, owners out we've there. We've also not given, we maybe haven't given Sean McVay enough credit for what the Rams are right now. Yeah, they're watchable and competitive. All right, let's take a break and then we will continue on. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. Welcome back. I mentioned, uh, you remember I um, debuted a new seg. On Wednesday show, Media Minute was it? Or what? I don't know. I like that actually. It's good branding. Um, Something along those lines. I did. Speaking of branding, I noticed Kyle Brand has a new venture, a new podcast. It's it's being advertised during our show. Um, it's a ten minute podcast with with Kyle. Sounds great. Sounds very great. Kyle's gonna kill it, I'm sure. In his pitch of the podcast, in the commercial. He says, ah, doesn't everybody hate when you go to click into a podcast and the podcast is an hour and 27 minutes long? And it's like, that's like most of our podcasts. So, so there's <laughs> now couched inside our hour. So now there's a commercial podcast. from our own media group during our show <laughs> saying, don't you hate when podcasts are like the show you're listening to? Just throwing that out there. Just insurrection. Is this another media minute? Give it to me. Another media minute with Dan Hansis. Put Roberts on the spot. Love putting Roberts on the spot. And now it's time for the latest edition of the Media Landscape Report with host Dan Hansis. Yeah, like what I was just saying. Yeah, like we already did this. You already did a minute, <laughs> did but like, yeah, just retroactively. <laughs> you, you did Listen, yeah. Brand's going to do great. Kyle is excellent. He also was the one that said he didn't like um, getting asked for yes, another podcast. Yeah. He's coming after us. Hey, th those hour and 27 minutes, they're going to pay for my kids to go to college. It, I would, it <laughs> Crank would be, it up! The eyebrow would go a tilt if we start seeing a bunch of guests on Kyle's new podcast. Yeah. Well, if they, it's they just a Kyle solo 10-minute joint, which, by the way, sounds like a pretty good gig. But he has like 14 other You'd have to go on for like 48 seconds as a guest. That or, sounds doable to me. Or if his next ad is like... Don't you hate it when it's just like three guys, but they don't really totally focus on football, and one of them can't decide whether they really like the Browns or not. Like, I, is there anything worse than three <laughs> middle-aged whites from Los Angeles who never played the game? Well, two of you didn't, but like, uh, yeah. Right. This, who needs a touch of mirth? Uh, let's go to the next pick in the draft. No, let's not, uh, because I want to also share something. Okay. Um, that um, does this have a music underlay? Well, it's connected to last week, last show's music underlay, the okay. media minute last uh, episode. I mentioned that I really wanted to play Terry Bradshaw, um, not being able to place Desmond Ritter's name. 
and Fox red threw up the stop sign on it. Yeah. But they don't realize there's a workaround. Mm. Uh, fans of the Hard Knocks podcast know that we cannot use Lee F. Shriver's voice on that program, the narrator of Hard Knocks, but we do have a workaround in the form of Jason Zumwalt. Oh, yes. Our um, sound guy, mm. our voiceover artist, mm -hmm. yep. artiste, the new voice of God, and you, umlaut over the you. Um, so I asked Jason to uh, listen to the the Terry um, Ritter issue on Sunday's Fox pregame show and, and give us a reenactment, which Fox cannot stop. They have no legal recourse but to let us do this right now. So eat it, Murdoch. <laughs> Old school football smash mouth. 40 time rushes last week against <laughs> oh the Packers. God. They win that football game. I like what they're doing. I like their quarterback out of Cincinnati. Uh, what's his name? Ritter. Ritter. I will learn his name when he gets good, okay? That's not like a script. That was actually what Terry Bradshaw said on Fox. That was better than Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> I love that. He nailed it. Did you know that Terry also had takes about the T-Swift-Kelsey romance? No. Well, well, he didn't, but if he did, this is what it would sound like. <laughs> and I did. I saw old Travis Kelsey with his gal friend up in the suite with his mama. <laughs> Who is she? A Lardashian or a... Hilton sister, anyway, I wish the best to them and all their future children. Going to be a tall letter because both of them got some height from what I can tell. Where am I? Is this an airport or a TV studio? Oh, my God. <laughs> Couldn't stop us, Fox. Not if you tried. Um, <laughs> thank you, fake Terry Bradshaw. All right, let's get back to the draft. Uh, Greg, you're doubling up here. I am excited that Patriots Cowboys with Burkhart and Greg Olson and Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi is available. Seven point favorites, the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. Tom is a very serious man. That Rinaldi, you, you could tell some people are just very serious. Man. Yeah. Well, then they, they throw him in these uh, sort of stilted ads where they try to turn him into a funny man, but that's not who he is. We got an idea. Let's have Tom play against type. <laughs> I um I'm really intrigued to see this game because I think the Patriots have shown parts of their team that are promising depending on the week. They haven't put it all together yet, but they're playing a Cowboys team uh that really needs to improve after last week and I think that maybe has a little bit of concern about this old Texas Coast offense that we were so excited about a week ago or at least Dak Prescott's place in it. When, when I went to go rewatch that game, I really wanted to see what was up with Dak? Because he's the ultimate guy that's better on film, on the All-22, than he is on the TV copy. Like, you see it, and you can kind of, like, go, oh, like, he's a quarterback's quarterback. He's making great decisions. You kind of see what he's seeing. You know, he's always been a very poor man's Brady or Manning type, where he's, he's winning uh, from the neck up and, and seeing the field. And last week, Gannon put it to him, and there were many plays in that game where he was double clutching. And I wanted to go rewatch those double clutch plays and see what he's seeing. And guys seemed like they were open. And Dak seemed kind of spooked. And then he just started making some crazy decisions, like the interception you talked about at the end of just like, what are you possibly seeing there? And I think Gannon scrambled him with some of the defensive game planning. Fast forward to this week, and you're playing a, a Belichick team who's had – Decent success against Dak in the past. Not like they played that much, but 
slowed him down when, when he's been playing better. And I think this is a tough defense to go against if you start seeing ghosts because they are able to change who they are on a week-to-week basis. They really are great at that. They did it last week by putting all their big fatties up front to stop the Jets' run game and dare Zach Wilson big to beat them. Big fatties? You know, they got, they got a little bit of everyone, and I'm just <laughs> saying so they got mean. the 310-pounders. You could call them hogs. Yeah. But this week, fatties is a little. Okay, that was rude. You can't think it's a body shame. Th- this week, this week uh, they got their three safeties. Hopefully, they get some cornerbacks back. I mean, I, they're not getting Jack Jones back from suspension yet. Uh, Marcus Jones is is out, but maybe you get Jonathan Jones. You got all these safeties. Jabril Peppers playing well. Can you scramble Dak up? I'm optimistic. Well, you know, the seeing ghosts is the famous Sam Darnold line from Monday Night Football a few years back against the Patriots and that's yes what they specialize in and Dak isn't trusting what he's seeing with his eyes and getting confused by the coverage and yeah you got me spooked if I'm a Cowboys fan it's just one game just right. one game but um, it was something but yeah you're gonna want to give him a game script that puts him in some good passing situations where Belichick isn't able to really go to work and go to town on you it's one of these games where it's like you're definitely checking to see who's returning for Dallas because, you know, I think last week was impacted by your offensive line injuries. Um, Mike McCarthy said on Thursday today that Tyron Smith still in the rehab group, Zach Martin, Tyler Biadish doing a little bit more. I mean, it just matters a lot because I don't love the idea of like Christian Barmore and Matthew Judon against the banged up Cowboys line. The Patriots last week against the Jets. I know the Jets offensive line is a slight disaster at the moment, but 61.5% pressure rate their highest for New England since 2018. So they're clicking, and if you get if, if they if you get a Dallas banged up offensive line, um, I don't love that because uh, the Patriots to me are a snooze fest on offense. Um, they allowed 10 yards passing on defense last week. Again, I know it's the Jets, but it's like that just doesn't happen in NFL games in general. 39 yards in j- total. So this is Patriots defense can hang with anyone. Two, we saw it against the Dolphins. Yeah, two above uh, the treetops uh, takes on this one. First of all, if the Cowboys are what I still think they are which is a BTT, big-time team. This is when you, at home, after an embarrassing kind of loss where you play like dog poop, and it's like if your head coach and your DC and everybody are good at what they do, they have you coached up and pissed off, and you go and you kill a middling team. The Patriots are like the textbook definition to me of an 8-9, maybe if the ball bounces right, 9-8 and team. Um, I I just don't see a lot with this this offense – to be able to make a, a big play against the Cowboys and to sustain drives throughout the afternoon. I know they did it pretty well against the Jets, but even then, I mean, what was it? They hit one big play. I would love to see what like their yards per play was if you take out the coverage bust on the tight end touchdown. So I think New England is a very mediocre offense, and I think the Cowboys are going to run away with this one. I think this is wow. – uh, what, is, what is the spread on this it one? It is seven. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are going to get angry and win mm. by 14 to 17 That's points. That's a generous spread. Well, I not only disagree. Is uh, it going to? I disagree to the point that I think they're going to leave a little bit of that roof open on Sunday. That Mac Jones oh. played pretty well <laughs> under pressure. That the defense can keep it close, and that it's going to be a lower scoring game than you think, and that these Dallas linebackers look a little shaky, and suddenly you're not as deep at cornerback without Trayvon Diggs, and that this is going to be back and forth. Patriots might win this game straight up, but it's definitely going to be raining in Dallas. The Raidmakers coming out for the first time this year. Let's go. Oh, Come wow. On. Covering that seven points. Mm. I love Covering it. that seven points. This game just got a lot more interesting to me. Make sure, uh, Mark, because you know this one over here. Yeah. If. He does 
uh, get this right, he'll be honking. Right. Sometimes when the Rainmaker, when it's dry, right. he doesn't mention it. When people put their hard-earned money it, on Greg's well, Rainmaker. I'm if we don't catch it, right. he'll let a loss anything. go under the I'll go make under. a note to myself. And that's, that's producer work, too. Yeah. Well, we got to hold Greg accountable on the Rainmaker. This is people's here. real real money. Yeah, Greg. and if you look at the uh, record from last year, it was something like 7-3 and three or 6-3. Six, six well, what about those three, yeah, Greg? We don't know. We well, don't that, know that, you got to look over the whole breadth of the season. You don't know that the same people are, are, are getting behind all of your picks. What right. about the person that got behind those three picks? That's on them. Well, they live on the street now. That's on them. You sound like Jordan Belfort. Wouldn't sh wouldn't shock me if they win straight up, but I'll, I'll take the, the seven. I thought you were going to lock the Patriots, which would have been – well, I already did lock the Seahawks, so I'm, make a change, I'm doing uh, the classic, uh, hmm, I'm locking up Geno and taking the Patriots and the Rainmaker. This is maybe not the, not the recipe, not the recipe for unemotion. No picks. Uh, I'm making a surprising It's good choice. to have Greg back, by the way. Yesterday, I don't know what, you know, he said he didn't like talking anymore. No, he heated up those. I was yeah. fine. As well. He's yeah. all the way back. Hey, once the camera's on, it's like, <laughs> well, the that's camera the real me. That's sort of the issue. Well, oh, what about the book? What about the Oh yeah, you, the Englishman well, book. Yeah. <laughs> Did we Ben Isaac's uh, book about? No, Greg, um, you promised to find us the quote about us. You promised this us. Book. Uh, I brought it home with me. Oh, um, I took it out of my back, backpack. Oh, Greg, my bag. And I haven't gone past that yet. But I mean, what? You All right, it! my next pick is um, <laughs> dolphin. No, rather, I already <laughs> took the dolphins. Uh, the Broncos and the Bears, and uh, this is these are two winless teams. Uh, but I have a strategy. When I have a great game like Dolphins-Bills, I kind of want one that can get a little less attention as my second game, and that's Broncos-Bears. What do we call a matchup of two 0-3 teams? What do we have for that one? Uh, well, I don't have a great name for that. I don't – it's not – A 2-0-2 two two is a, a double-wounded dog game or yeah. a double-cornered animal. This is a – I think one of I these animals know. died a week ago. We got to work on that. It's a tough scene for whoever loses. Oh, this is a loser goes, goes home. Okay. Whoever loses this one, it's I mean, you know, yes. 0 4, take a walk. Like, I, think no Bears, I think it's I, probably co you're cooked and on for either yeah. team. But I think yes. the Bears so the loser are home. Goes home. They're the, the first one home. to go home this year. I'd like them okay. to be eliminated from the season. Okay. We don't have to deal with them again. I right. feel like the Bears are home. <laughs> Uh, Matt Eberflus. Remember they signed those linebackers? Everyone was all fired up. Oh, Tremaine Edmonds and Pinchman. and TJ Edwards the first day of training camp for, you know, or first day of free agency for like $30 million guaranteed. Edmonds uh, is struggling, and mm. his replacement in Buffalo playing very well, Terrell Bernard. And uh, Jaquan Brisker, like a second-round pick, he's 74th out of 78 in, in safety ratings. Like, they were supposed to be built around defense or a defensive coach. It's not working. But one of the other reasons, mm. I just got to throw this out, that I took mm -hmm. this game. It's a Matt Ryan game. I got my eye on you, Matt Ryan. You're enjoying Matt Ryan, role. the broadcaster, yeah. has a chance, I think, to be much like Matt Ryan, the player. Wow. Underrated. Uh, better than people give him credit for. And a connoisseur's uh, favorite. I, 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 he's starting to make some points here where I'm like, I'm learning something from you, Matt Ryan. Despite him double-crossing me in fantasy several seasons, um, I always liked him as a player. That's why I drafted him multiple times. Um, and I do think he's done a good job. I thought his agent did him a bit of a, a disservice by without – well, according to Matt Ryan, he reached out to the Jets – um, and said, hey, Matt's available Yeah, if you want him, as did Carson Wentz representation, according to a Fox report. And the Jets are like, nah, we're good, because the Jets are fine. Don't look up. Um, <laughs> and 
And then Matt Ryan had to kind of come out, and I don't know if it was a, who it was with, who the interview was with, but he said he named his agent, and it was like, you know, that's what a great agent does. Like, he was doing due diligence for me. And I don't know. That's probably. I don't believe Matt Ryan for a second. That's the agent taking the fall here. They're they're close. They get they all get how the right. But why come out and even say anything? Well, he must have been asked directly. Yeah, he doesn't like that the Jets said no. He was probably on a podcast or something. I don't know. He was in a tough spot. They got him in that three man booth. So if he does, if he does eject or seat out, that's right. We were talking about that. I think that was the plan, maybe from CBS, because I was like, um, he said that. Oh, really? He was keeping the door up. My agent is one of the best at what he does. Todd France is incredible, and he wouldn't be doing his job if he wasn't looking into certain situations. He said when he took the CBS job that he wasn't necessarily out-out. Because, let's be real, Tiki and Matt Ryan, I don't need Tiki. Tiki's just flying off the handle. He'll just say things, and I'm like, <laughs> are you really just – it's just like it's – he. He announces a game like it's morning drive time in New York, which just doesn't work because, like, you actually don't <laughs> seem like you're following this team close enough to have that hot a take about their offensive line. Like, he'll just say Did things you see what happened that are a little crazy. Speaking of New York radio, no. he, he does a show with Evan Roberts on WFN in New York. Joe Beningo, famous, like, uh, WFN host and, and Jets fanatic, goes on the show with Roberts and tells Tiki he couldn't – he couldn't know. I'm trying to remember what it was, but he said, I know what you were at your game on Sunday. You don't, you don't know what we're talking about right now. You didn't watch the tape. And Tiki turns off his mic, uh, go, turns to Roberts, and you can hear on Roberts' mic and goes, that's bullshit, and gets off and walks out of the studio. <laughs> oh, I love it. Which is yet to happen on our show. No one's ever walked out of the studio. Um, what there was, wasn't, is that, did, did that ever happen way back early oh, in Culver? Mark had one walk out. That's right. Was I, it not for sure? Now we're talking how the sausage no, gets made. Oh, walk out. It, was it was early on. I want more evidence of that. It was in. It was in Culver. I mean, I get it would be in Culver. We've only been here for two years. There are people but I don't that remember. re-listen to the show. Yeah. That they, they. Well. Well, maybe we might have covered it up at the time. I think we did. <laughs> I mean, I. I'm not saying it's in, totally impossible, but it I just was, don't recall. It might have been around like uh, the O Sunday night drop. Does that sound right? <laughs> That's that. There was one where I'm pretty sure you stormed out. Really? I I'd like to think it was like a TD TD day time. It was it was early. I mean, out. it had to it be was, a little bit for sure. Uh, and uh, by the way, Broncos, you're in this game too. But hey, play better if you want us to talk about your team more deeply. Uh, the the article that that pointed out in Denver media this week that was like Russ is actually earning his paycheck. I mean, let's come back to us. Russ is like. <laughs> replacement level right now and you guys oh, want to take Oh, he's been fine. He's exactly. Been... No, I think he's been a little a little You bit want to take a that. victory lap that he's been fine. He's like the fifth highest paid quarterback in the league. Yes, he's been fine. He's been an average He has not been the problem. And I'll, I'll no. tell you what, you it, it some would say this is madness. Others would say, god, only a real man could do such a thing here. But the Broncos after giving up 70 oh, wow. points. Oh, wow. How um, is he going to do it? Are facing a, a Bears team that's not even a real team. They are not a professional football team at this point, and I don't say that to antagonize Bears fans because they know it too. They've been watching what's going on. It's absolute chaos. They can't unlock the offense. The defense doesn't even know where it's going. The D.C. is God knows where, uh, not with the Bears anymore. And for that reason, the Denver Broncos on the road. An 0-3 team? An 0-3 team having had a 70-burger <laughs> hung on their neck. A week ago, we'll get W number one locking up the Denver Broncos. Oh, Sean believe- Payton, let's go, buddy boy.
Well, if they have, you know, even 12 less missed tackles than the 24 they had a week ago, that would be fine. Uh, they're giving up a league-high 177 yards rushing This ain't the game. Dolphins' offense. No, it's not. I mean, the, t the two teams combined gave up 111 points last week. So this is, uh, if nothing else, one of the more interesting lives I've ever witnessed. I see two teams that are in a really bad way. Um, but I find the Bears to be completely untethered. They're like that movie where the guy in outer space is he's tied to the rope and he's doing some repairs on the space station, and then like he gets hit by a moon rock oh, or something and he just floats away. Yeah, that's the Bears. the The Broncos are just like I don't know. They're passed out drunk within the space station, <laughs> but they're they're still technically part of the universe. They lost their first two games by a combined three points. That's fair. I like I like uh, Russell Wilson having a good game here because I think he's been playing quietly decently to almost good, well, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna take this one. We're gonna take this one home, baby. What's the spread on it? Let me three, see. three. The Broncos, Broncos laying three. Okay, here we go. Let's fly. Somehow the Broncos are f are favored on the road after giving up seventy points. I don't know. I mean, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. How yeah, bad no, are the I mean, Bears no, for I, that like, to be happening? My philosophy yeah. has been lock against teams more than lock for a team. So this is a good one based on. <laughs> Let's take a break, and we'll be right back with the rest of the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here, and this is NFL Plus, where you can catch every play all in one place. You get access to live, local, and primetime games on your mobile phone and tablet. That's every in-market game with you on the go. I never knew that was a thing. Oh yeah? And here's my favorite part. You can stream NFL Red Zone live every Sunday. What are you waiting for? Right now! Right now! Go to plus.nfl.com, sign up today. Oh, no. Am I up again? Oh. You're up. That was a tone-setting lock by the old Zeuser. <laughs> I mean, let's let's <laughs> try you... not to act like a hero that you're locking against the worst team in the league. By the way, also, your little <laughs> zing yesterday about I get my own nicknames. Also, so you had... Well, you, it's factual. No, you had Wes that gave Daddy Rich. Right. Based on a Pistons Bad Boys book. Danzis is from McAfee. So I, now we're at the two. I pointed that out. But I we, literally yeah, we gave, said Danzis was the only one West that was credit for that. So that's just, but shout that's out. two. You're, but you're correcting a point that was <laughs> already saying, stated. Your initial statement was that I come up with all my nicknames. No, no, we didn't. I said forty percent. That by my count, forty percent outside sources. But well, that, that leaves you as the only person I've ever met that has given themselves right. five nicknames or whatever it is. Plus six think, or seven. Think nicknames. of all the failed nicknames around the office right. that haven't even made it to air yet. Think would, we, like, I think we had a point to cut. some degree. There's a there's a, a pattern or a trend yeah. or a compulsion. Johnny Knuckles, yeah. uh, Johnny, the Knuckles. Johnny Chuckles with the host with the most, you know, all the <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one either. No, Johnny Chuckles was a or I, maybe more of a character than a nickname. I think it grinds your gears a little bit, Greg, that I have nicknames. I it's not they're coming from outside the building, inside the building, they're they're everywhere. That's all. I, I got a nickname for you. Okay. 
I want to hear it. No, it's more <laughs> me just sort of saying. Come like, on, saltine cracker. I'll come up with All a right, nickname. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, on with it. Uh, I have to pick another game, which is ridiculous. I've already grabbed two early, so I'm going to grab a late. Um, so it has to be Raiders at Chargers. Um, oh, thank you. What's Jimmy G's situation? Where are we at on Jimmy G? He's TBD. uncertain at this Thursday taping. A Brian Hoyer game? I don't Could be an Aiden O'Connell yeah, game. Yeah, why not Aiden O'Connell? Mm. This is this is the type of game Greg likes to lock up. Well. Chargers five and a half right now. Yeah. I th- uh, Greg got a theory on that, though. Well, I think that'll move outside the lock zone if Jimmy G doesn't play. And that, that uh, I don't. I'm not into the whole look into the mirror thing, but I think this is a, a good example. Like, you don't want to be doing that. No, you could technically, uh, but we will not. I, um, yeah, like having watched now the Justin Herbert performance, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, yeah, he got away with that throw at the end, but he made so many throws. I actually, I had um, check marks next to every time Justin Herbert made a big-time throw, whether it was a scramble or – uh, just in the pocket and letting it loose. And I counted nine just absurd throws that Love watching not that many guys can make. And the Mike Williams thing sucks. He's out for the year with an ACL, and they really na- now need their first-round pick to step in and, and be a difference maker, which apparently behind the scenes, that was not the plan. The plan was to bring him, bringing him along slowly, and maybe he's, maybe next year is kind of his year. And now they need. They I think need it just right was away. he wasn't ready. Yeah, I don't he think they viewed him a, as like a plug and play right away. He guy. was a bad. He had a bad camp. They were saying it from the beginning. He didn't have a great preseason. Right. So let's see. It will be telling Chargers fans holding their breaths right now. Their breath because um, they need. You want your first round pick to have an impact. They took him 21st overall, and now there's a big need at wide receiver if he is not part of the game plan here uh, it's it's a red flag for sure um but you know austin eckler maybe you get him back here and i think they're going to be okay especially if the raiders don't have a quarterback uh i think the chargers have a chance here now to start stacking some wins uh i like them a lot in this game uh i do like them covering five and a half too i think this is going to be the chargers they'll always let you down and they came very close to blowing that game considering the the level of play Greg, from the quarterback so far this season, they are one rushed Vikings play and interception away, uh, and you know turned into a touchdown to zero and three. Like only, it's only the Chargers. It's Chargers going to Charger, but maybe they can start building something here, some momentum starting against the. Well, in typical Chargers fashion, though, they're like a couple weird plays from three and out too. Right. <laughs> it's just like each game has come down to a totally insane ending uh, that they found a way to blow two of them, and they won that last one. Sounds like they did get a, a nice uh, pass rusher, though, with their second-round pick. Uh, Tuli, Tui Pelotu was kind of dominant last week. He had 10 pressures. Like That's a bigger game than we've seen out of Khalil Mack for a long time. So that's nice uh, that you get a, another edge rusher. They really might have found something. He he looks strong. J.C. Jackson spoke this week and was very confused why he was benched. He doesn't understand it. He said he's one of the best players on the team, that he's doing everything that's asked, that he's doing more, and that he was quite upset. So this defense, which uh, looked like a mess the first yeah, couple weeks, I don't feel any better. I don't feel any better about this defense, and I'm not putting it past the Chargers to lose this game I, to Aiden I don't O'Connell. Let J- I'm not going to let J.C. Jackson off the hook because he hasn't lived up to a very big contract, but 
God, you got to communicate with your players. Yes. And I feel like there's there's issues going on behind the scenes. His quote, that. man, his quote, like, uh, I don't know. It's so it's so pointing at Staley. And, like, if anything, I thought Staley out of the gate was a coach that seemed of the new age where he would communicate well with players. He's a good communicator in general. And it's just like, what is going on with his team? Um, I, you know, I point to, like, the playoff game last year after Brandon Staley mismanaged Mike Williams in the final week of the season. Without Mike Williams, and if you had him in the Jaguars playoff game, I don't think you lose that thing. I think you win. And it's like, this time it's not Staley's fault. You just lose Mike Williams again, who I thought completely helped Keenan Allen, who leads the league with 32 receptions, have this incredible season so far. And it's like arrow down a little bit on that continuing this way because of what you mentioned about like the rookie wide receiver in that situation. This is the kind of game where like, I don't know if I trust the Chargers at all, but if you don't take care of business um, at home, and at home means something different for the Chargers than it does for every other team except the Rams for the most part. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it no, two I'm weeks not after he promised not to? Well, I, I was tempted to, but I, I'm kind of <laughs> weird. He was saying, we no, were talking really before was. the show, and he was like, I might, yeah, well, no, was, maybe have, you got to lock up the like, Chargers. You know, two weeks after he no, said No, we have he Madison behind would. the glass, and she, like, we tried to tell week. her who our lock is. <laughs> no, it was two weeks ago. It was like, tell her who our lock is, and like I switched it three or four times. My lock is to come, but um, I'm not touching the Chargers. This just popped up. On my iPad, uh, you know, the Chandler Jones situation is not good. Um, Raiders Edge, who was put into some type of um, involuntary hold because of uh, apparent mental health issues. He came out, uh, he got out of that and said that it was, you know, it was not something that he agreed to. And he's, he's upset. I see a tweet from RG3. Let's all pray for Chandler Jones and his family. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but after everything I've seen, I do know he needs to feel like he's being heard in this moment. I reached out to him and encouraged all of his NFL brothers to do the same. No, that's fine. That's a nice tweet. Jones writes back, bro, you washed up. RG such and such. Sit what? down. I'm still in the league. You Twitter fingers. Why? I mean, something going on. That's good. I'm still in the league. You Twitter fingers is pretty good. Imagine RG3. He sees us like, oh. I mean, if nothing else, that's a kind spirited, kind hearted message to someone that you're trying to. But, but you're, I think you're dealing with he someone He saw it as maybe like, I don't know, right. virtue signaling or not really. You know, he said he was hospitalized against his will. Right. It's all. I don't think we're going to see. Chandler we don't know Jones the full the story, anytime. but it's no. all it's all troubling. He he said they, he was tried to force to take meds and medication. So it's all very upsetting. And just a, on a football um, side, miss side of it. We've seen it in Cleveland. We've seen it with Las Vegas now the last couple of years. One elite pass rusher does not make a pass rush. Nope. And the rest of the – they just now are just sending three guys, two guys at Crosby, and the rest of that group's not stepping up. Right. Unless you're Aaron Donald. <laughs> but he had some guys with yeah. him. He had some guys with him. But he's the guy that doesn't matter what you threw at him. That's right. was kind of good to see but old it, Aaron Donald a little bit. Like, right, but even oh, that, that, that's sort of a good example. Yeah. Though, like he yeah. can, he can get it done. Crosby can get it done, but that's not enough. You still need other other guys. To well, they're also like the whole rest of the defense has been a disappointment for like roughly 340 years in a row. I have a uh, developing news here. Okay. Developing news. Just throwing that. No, I have developing news, not breaking news. I wouldn't have noticed the difference. Well, I do. This. Yes. <laughs> because I'm Tom Buckle. 
The XFL and USFL said Thursday that the two spring football leagues plan to merge and begin play next year. Uh, the, the move is subject to customary regulatory approvals. Um, yeah. Um, I'll be checking out every one of those games. We're not – I'm not trying to be mean about this, but no. sometimes you just got to say, nah, this isn't going to work. Like what makes them think this is going to work? I don't know. I feel like there have been 12 of these organizations or these uh, leagues. It's not no. for a lack of effort. No. And I understand what these people like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, are going for. Like football is the most popular sport in this country. Uh, let's let's move something to the spring. Let's go against like early season baseball and I guess the NBA playoffs, which is tricky too. And uh, let's 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 make a play. But it's like it's just you so much evidence that it's just not going to happen. And maybe it almost kind of happened. There's a great ESPN 30 for 30 documentary um, about the, the USFL and and Donald Trump played a major role in that getting like torn asunder. Herschel Walker. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, and the the landscape is different now. And it's just interesting that instead of after I would imagine abysmal ratings for both these they've leagues, been, they've and, been okay. Like compared to other sports, they've been okay. I think that's why. If anything, the the two going against each other. Greg, was a nobody disaster. loves football more than Greg. How many games have you watched? I I am not going to be watching spring professional football. But that's Wait what minute. I mean. That's but they, my point. But I'm just saying, like, like compared to like a like a baseball game that they put on nationally, like it'll beat that. Like compared to like some some like a tennis final or what? Like they they were getting okay ratings, but making the money all work to like get the stadiums and all that stuff. You know what I do? We, they need a developmental league. But I don't know if combining them is going to get it done. There's never been a better time ever than to, I'd say, relaunch with a limited amount of teams, the World right. League. Like, we, I mean, it when when there was a World League, it was like you're putting teams in Germany and all over the place. It's like, it's a stretch. We don't know if it's going to be popular. Right. right now, it's exploding all over the world. We have and, the International Pathway Program, which is, is helping on that front develop players elsewhere. Right. It's literally a different thing. But though, an but actual like, league would be... I mean, this you like if you talk about the fact that you can't get people in like American cities to go watch a non-NFL product. I think that's a tough sell. I mean, it's probably lower prices. But if you dotted them around international sites where there's right. this growing fervor for football... It, there was some success, like some success on TV and some success with some of the teams. Like St. Louis, that place was rocking. They missed their professional football. They were packing it out. Uh, there was a few cities, so it's like, I don't know. They, I think professional football could use it, though, because I think these players need a chance to develop, and it's hard It's hard the way the NFL offseason And, Greg, I just did a little, a quick little research on this. Yeah. So the average, I'll use uh, MLB Sunday Night Baseball, right. gets $1.5 million yeah. eyeballs. The championship game for USFL drew $1.2 million. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot of people that's though. The, like, that's the championship game, is what I'm saying. So, you have a whole season of games that are sure. drawing maybe a quarter of that, or a I'm just half saying, of that, like in a in a world where a there's a, a lot of sports on television, that that goes over the bar of like. But that's yeah, we'll one. Put that that's on. the championship game, is what I'm right. saying. Well, I mean, there's, the, the I don't, there's no argument that it's this roaring success. Half of those are probably yeah. just on in like lonely bars. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I don't care. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm there. Um, all right, go ahead. Wait, who's up? It's me, I believe. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay at New Orleans. No Derek Carr. Uh, but I don't mind that. I'm kind of into Jameis Winston. I know he's a oh, bit of a please. disaster last year. Are we, this is what we're doing? What? We're into Jameis Winston? 
I mean, we're at the back end of picking games. Like, I don't think it's a crazy thing. Uh, no, I just like. There's other things going on here. Oh, what? The I... New Orleans defense. 11 straight games allowing 20 or fewer points. I trust them against a Tampa Bay team that I do not trust on offense beyond Mike Evans. I think what happened, the last Baker Mayfield appearance we saw, I think is closer to the norm that we're going to get from him. Uh, I really struggled to find a lock this week, but then I saw this game and I was oh. like, I'm doing something a little weird because this these are two weird teams, but we're in New Orleans, one of the most like <laughs> safe lock places to, to play. I think that New Orleans is an irritated, days. agitated team right now. And I'm going to lock them up to take care of the Bucks. I don't trust the Bucks on any level right now. Wow. I also don't trust my actual lock, but that's You've okay. You've locked up against Baker two weeks in a row. Now, last week I thought was a very strong lock. Yeah. This is shaky. This is the Saints with their backup quarterback. I don't know if well, I Listen, we're, that's fine. We're, we, have, we have different – I don't like. I don't trust Derek Carr to go do anything either. So I'm different Derek, than you on Derek Carr. Derek Carr will give you like a kind of a professional we, we, middling to higher bar. Like – Jameis Winston's where he is for a reason at this point. So I think it's a personal I think it's a significant downgrade at quarterback. And they just blew a seventeen nothing lead last but I, week. I'd, argue, I'd be worried about that. I'd argue they had a seventeen nothing lead. Okay. Hey now. That's fair. Hey and now. I will now in your favor, Alvin Kamara's back. Yep, you yes. got Kamara and like they kinda need that. Taysom Hill was their leading rusher. Taysom Hills look good. He I has, like that. but I don't love that. I don't want my leading rusher to be Taysom Hills. No, Hill, so. but I like that they're not waiting around to involve him. I think there was like an issue of maybe Carr didn't want to come off the field, and they didn't wait around last week, and, and Taysom Hill's been very effective for them. They just can't score in the red zone. Carr, you know, that, that injury, he held on to the ball, and, and for whatever reason, they haven't scored in the red zone. Like, they, they have moved the ball a ton and, uh, Until this weekend, it's week versus week, kind of with, with their offensive line versus the Bucks' pass rush. So, which weak point uh, wins out here? Because the Saints' pat offensive line has really been a problem, and it's a lot of guys that have been there for a while, and a lot of guys making a decent amount of money. Ramcheck, and they just paid Caesar Ruiz and McCoy, and but they've been pretty bad. And Ruiz <laughs> is banged up. Jam Jameis in a revenge game against his old team, where he's feeling feelings and. Oh, he'll be throwing Un the pig. Under pressure. He'll be throwing that pig. Makes me a little nervous, but I trust that the Saints – I'm with you that the Saints defense is the best group in this game. Yeah, they're giving the Bucks three points. I think that's fair. I don't trust I don't trust this Bucks offense at all, and there, this is a tough matchup against – the, the Saints, Saints defense is good. The Saints were 10 game minutes away on Sunday from getting the treatment that the Browns defense is getting this week um, because they had been amazing until – Jordan Love started going up and down the field on those last couple of drives. So, yeah, they've a, been a overall of good. A couple of crazy PI calls that, to me, changed that game. Maybe the worst call of the season was that first long PI call on the Saints changed that game. Yeah. Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean uh, both might be out. Uh, Davis might be returning this week. He's missed a couple of weeks, but that's their two starting cornerbacks. Uh, for the Buccaneers against pretty good wide receivers. For Saints, the Saints have not allowed a 300-yard passer since week nine of 2021. I mean, this defense has been consistent through the defense that gave Tom Brady a lot of trouble. I mm. like this. So that, that it's also the organization. Tough, tough fourth quarter for the Saints. Yeah, it was also the organization that managed to lose that game somehow. There is something about this team Well, that they just... Yeah, the Bron there's plenty of room on the Broncos bandwagon right now. I would just say, like, I will say this... A place this of will, valor. This will impact Greg in our office. Because <laughs> I, what I'm going to do next, I'm, I'm going to view as a charitable thing. Okay. Uh, 
because I have the next pick too. It doesn't matter. Uh, Go ahead. I'm going to take the Vikings at Carolina. Um, I could have taken Shooks Pittsburgh at Houston game, but I'm not going to do that after last week's uh, flare-up. It, it doesn't matter anyway. See, we're giving him a third game. Wait, we have two right. loser home go home matches. Yes, yeah. this is another yeah. loser goes home. Wow. Yep. Okay. I uh, I think the Vikings are just a far superior team to Carolina. I mean, they they came back against the Eagles. They've been in these games. They're kind of getting the football gods like slap in the face in these one score losses three in a row after last year's absurdity. Um, it's been their turnovers though. They have the most in the league, the most fumbles, the worst turnover margin. Um, Kirk Cousins also leads the league with 358 yards per game and nine touchdowns. It's like they're, they've got weapons. You've still got the best wide receiver in football. I just like, I, I don't know what Carolina can really do to counter this. Um, you're going to get Bryce Young back, it sounds like. He hasn't thrown for more than 160 yards in either of his two starts. I think they're a better team with Andy Dalton, but you're not going to play Andy Dalton. I get that. Um, I, I think Frank Reich's in a tough spot. There aren't a lot of weapons around Bryce Young. It's like, if you're going to argue that the Vikings can be vulnerable here, it's like, what is it about Carolina that, that tells you that? Um, they're banged up on, Dave, on defense right now. I, I just kind of like the idea of Minnesota mm. course correcting, getting this right. You know the last team that went to the playoffs after an 0-4 start? I remember this team because I'm a little older than you guys. But it's you probably were, the only one, right? The 1992 Chargers. The it is the last and only team that ever yeah. did that. The Stan Humphreys, Bobby Ross team. You guys would have been about maybe 12 or something. Been but. 13 for for little Chargers. Uh, Stan Humphreys, right? Oh, and four. They wound up 11 memories. and five. And they went to the Super Bowl a couple years later with Junior yep. Seau. I wasn't I, I wasn't tracking that team that closely while I was making my Sunday <laughs> afternoon trips to Grand Grandpa's house, but uh, I almost want to. Shoot, I almost want to jump out of my locks. I love the Vikings in this game. Right? Wait a minute. I'm going to jump out of my lock. Forget what? the Saints. What I'm is... taking the Vikings. <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, it's not. I'm taking the Vikings. They're going to go into I mean, Carolina, and they they're going to take they care of business. They don't even have the sound effect ready. That's okay. Come on. There it is. I don't even know if they played it last time. Like, that's okay. There's this something about this game that just gets under Greg's skin. Greg's gears. What what game? This game, this lock game. It's just something about. Oh no, it. this is fun. I like it actually because I I don't want the Saints to be cruising though Sunday. I'm actually you know what? It's self interest. Screw Saints... Sean Payton. Mark Sessler, you and I ride to Valhalla oh, together. Oh yes, we will. We're locking them together. Hey, Let's go, Purple. When we did this last year, I think our record was like five and one when we when we joined our locks. I am not rooting for Sean Payton in any capacity. No, is there room for one more? Sure. Absolutely. Because I got a text from oh, Wesley. Okay. Today Look at this. Oh, this is good. This did not come from him, but Mackie Phil's son picked the Vikings this oh. week. Oh, he, won't he won't be wrong. He's the wisest of the bunch, I find. Absolutely. Although, the most intellectually seasoned. Although um, he That's is in our kids' fantasy league. And Return Give it of, to us! Return of the Mac. Uh, great fantasy name. That is by, excellent. By Mackie. Um, Taking a pretty big L to, to both my kids last two. Weeks. I have I'm to just, say, just saying. okay, that's a good point. Fair, fair to point out. He takes a stray. And Why do you need not... to tell like two hundred thousand people then? Fair, fair <laughs> to point that out. And I and I will point out that uh, I love Mackie. He's great. You know, Nick has been pretty quiet now okay. since that uh, failed lock at Big D. I'm just gonna leave it there. Just he's been quiet. Not a lot of honking. Uh, this this makes sense as a as a lock. Kirk Cousins, I think on balance, is playing better this year than last year. I don't even think that's a hot take. My, my take all last year was, this is sneaky, like, one of 
Kirk Cousins' worst seasons in Minnesota, except he's been balling out in the fourth quarter, and that does make up for it. But this oh, I year, he's been good so I far. think he's been really good oh, and, yeah, and yeah. consistent. This yeah, this year. Gotcha. Um, Same. And they're by far the best uh, group in this game, and now you've added a big-time weapon in Addison. I'm really impressed in, by Jordan Addison because – He's nailing, like, the timing routes where it's anticipation, and you can tell Kirk Cousins trusts him. He's letting go to the ball before Addison even makes his breaks, and it's just like, wow, we got a nice number two here. We got a nice number three. I mean, I'm with you guys. I am the the world's, you know, second biggest Panthers fan, though, this week. I mean, I'm rooting against three locks. Knock all these guys out. This would be great. Let's go, Bryce Oh, you're rooting Young. against this? Yes. I root for you when you oh, lock. Oh, please. <laughs> yes, because I want you to be happy. Yes, I'm sure you'll be rooting for <laughs> Gino and the Patriots. That's what you'll be doing this week. <laughs> All right, uh, up next, uh, last pick for me. I will grab this an easy one. Cincinnati at Tennessee. Um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. We talked about it on a Monday. It's tough watching Joe Burrow. Um, this is just going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing, and I, I still – he had a, a quote that I really thought summed up um, nicely um, what I kind of thought where his headspace was and where the team was going into week three because they were 0-2. And they said, you know, how you feeling? And, like, why did you choose to play? I don't know the exact framing of the question, but he's like, um, my leg, the way it feels right now, it's a lot better than 0-3 would have felt if I didn't play. Mm -hmm. So it's like that kind of, in a way, told me that if they were 2-0 instead of 0-2, I wonder if he's actually – they're doing the thing that they probably should be doing, which is just getting him out of the picture for a couple of weeks. But when you put yourself in that early hole in a very competitive division and you have it's Super Bowl or bust kind of in Cincy, you, all these outside things come in and there's Burrow limping around quick, uh, working out a shotgun the entire game, ball out of his hands, totally changing the way the offense is. Is going to get better this week, or is this just what it is now and it, the way it will be until, God, I don't want to say it, but until the calf goes out and he's forced out of the lineup? Um, the good news is Tennessee, two out of three weeks, has been pitiful offensively. Um, they are a, a, a defense that I would be frightened as a Bengals fan that I'm going on the road against that mean defensive line. And Joe Burrow, again, is going to have to get the ball out quickly. And Mike Vrabel knows what he's doing over there. So he's probably going to say, oh, I watched that Monday game. I know mm -hmm. what they're going to try to do here. And I think what we're going to do here is whatever that under is. Uh, there's no – I don't rain make over here. But um, this is a 41-and-a-half under. I think this is screaming out as like a 16-13 type yeah. game. Um, I. Bengals, again, battle-tested, but also I think this is a tough spot. I think the Titans have a chance to get a big win for them uh, with Cincinnati being as compromised as they are. This feels – I'm with you that this feels like such a tight contest. Um, I do like – I mean, Tennessee has shown an absolute vulnerability on offense, and I don't think you need to be a top-five defense to shut them down. Uh, they just – they lack weapons. I think it's easy to get Tannehill off his spot in this situation behind an offensive line that it's really wanting – and, I mean, Trey Hendrickson has been one of the best free agent signings around of the last couple of years, um, dominant against the Rams. Logan Wilson, dominant. And I just think that the consistency that this defense has, they're going to have to ride it because I think their offense is going to be a tough watch. And you're right, the calf might go at some point or we're just not going to get the burrow that we're used to. But I do trust this defense to win tight games like this, to, win, to do what they did against the Rams. When you play an offensive line like Tennessee, I think they're – 
they're in a bit a bit of tough spot here. I hate to say it, but doesn't it feel inevitable? Like if he if they continue to just send him out there, isn't well, it hard? It's like the kind of injury it's okay. hard to watch because he's like theragunning it on the sideline. Well, he he's said, not moving well. He said the Cavs should get better every week. I should be able to do more every week as long as I don't aggravate it again. Right. Yeah, but which, that's he, a, which he managed to works. avoid last week, and he managed to avoid, I guess, the first few weeks because this injury really was never gone. Uh, and that's what people were saying from the very beginning. I, I think it's very limiting. I'm with you, Dan. Like, he maybe he's better this week, but this is a much better opposition in terms of the defense that he's facing, the defensive coaching staff that he's facing, the defensive line. And, yeah, this, this thing's going to be ugly as hell. And Andre Dillard has been killing the, the, the Titans at left tackle for multiple games, and that's where Hendrickson's going to be lined up. It feels like every completion Ryan Tannehill has is like, wow, that was amazing. Like, every completion is like him getting crushed and some receiver having to make a great catch, like, while he's well covered. That's not a way to run an offense. Like, you hit four of those a game, and everything else is just, like, so hard. They were that way last year a lot, too, and that's how Tannehill winds up out of the lineup. Give me some more Mixon. I know the Titans are a good run defense, but Mixon has been looking a few years younger this year. I like the way Joe Mixon's running that ball. Running that rock. Big game. This is sneaky, actually, one of the biggest games of the week because it's, a, in theory, Super Bowl contender that could really be put in a tough spot. If they yes. Do. I hope he's okay. I just feel like we are heading towards something unpleasant. On the brink. Um. All right. One more game. Greg. Oh, there is. Pittsburgh at Houston. I thought we were done. <laughs> Pittsburgh at Houston. Fun one. Uh, it involves C.J. Stroud. And right now, C.J. Stroud is one of these stories of the 2023 season. I think that's fair to say. Sure. His pocket movement, his decision-making. He's one of those guys right now when you freeze the tape at the back of his drop, you think, okay, where is he going? And he makes surprising decisions where he'll anticipate and he'll throw it down the field. He'll make the tougher throw. Like, he's not just taking check downs. He's, he's looking at the coverage. And, man, I think this stuff is really translatable. I, I think he's played as well in his first three games entering the league as anyone, you know, since Herbert. Since, you know, Burrow had kind of a weird start. But Burrow, too, in... I'm not trying to steal any points. Or Dan Orlovsky said it, and when he said it, it clicked into me that Stroud reminds him a lot of Burrow, and I think mm. that's right. I think they, they win in similar sort of ways. They have a similar level of athleticism that's enough. Can we give what? just like a trigger warning what? Like earmuffs to Panthers fans right now? Well, I'm not – to me, Stroud looking great isn't – Anything about Bryce Young. I, I'm willing to just see what ha is going to happen well, you with, just with put, Bryce I'm Young. I'm just saying you just put Stroud in the potential class of a guy or yeah. of Burrow. And it's yeah. like, oh, well, you better be good, Bryce. Right. And I'm not even putting like Stroud at, that he's going to. But the stuff that he does to me is like quarterbacky stuff. Like like the what I was talking about with Dak before where it's like, man, that stuff translates. It's the type of quarterback I like. Geno to me is one of those types of quarterbacks. Phil Rivers was one one of those types of quarterbacks where you can just see it, where he's doing some next level stuff right away. Yeah. Yes, like I he, you he just, looks, you the... drop Geno into like, here's some hall of famers or potential hall of famers. Now I, that's well, actually what I was that's trying to do. I was trying to bring back, like, I'm not just saying he's going to be a top five quarterback. I'm saying the type of quarterback he is. And then I brought a right. couple other ones. I like Rivers and, and Geno. I just think it's so <laughs> impressive when you're doing it like right away. He's also like, you. you just want to, rookie to not like create 
problems and mistakes, like no interceptions through 121 pass attempts. The first quarterback to do that in his first three starts, going back to Warren Moon. I mean, it's like and Warren Moon hit the NFL is not a rookie. It's this is like it look like the way like he he's so far ball, ahead of Pickett. It kind of that's what it reminded oh, yeah, me. Oh like, yeah, obviously like he's ahead of Pickett. Pickett. Like I just think the way he throws yeah. the ball, you can just see it. And like um, you know, people have very low low expectations about this offense, but you can see their weapons and some of their wide receivers starting to play better. Um, it sounds like they won't have Laramie Tunzel this week, but like Jalen Petre sounds like he'll play potentially. Like that's big on defense, and it's like I don't trust the Steelers' offense. Mm. Not I right do now. trust their defense though, and so don't come back to me, people. Uh, Steelers fans, when Strat, if Stroud has 160 yards in a pick this week, like they've been very lucky, the types of pass rushers they've gone against, and he's been protected well enough. I don't know if that continues this week, where the Steelers could just dominate. And him. you, and you know, you could hide a young quarterback like the Falcons did at the end of last year with Ritter, and it's like, oh, he's not, he's not turning the ball over, and but with he's not really doing anything either. Like C.J. Stroud, I think, is like pushing the ball downfield. He's He's accurate as as advertised, and yeah, his supporting cast isn't great, but it's all a bunch like guys, and like you know, Nico Collins. He's kind of doing Tank some, Dell. I like them. Robert Woods. I like Tank got Dell a, a, a role here. Dalton Schultz is is fine. Like these, Damian Pierce, although it's been a slow start. Like these are all guys that, with a uh, a good quarterback, a productive quarterback, that offense will score points. And right now, they have that. So. You know, you, you take that and then you say, oh, Will Anderson had another huge play last week, the blocked field goal. And uh, I know we don't like to ha hand out any flowers to Houston's front office, but uh, they might have nailed the uh, the most important first round of their draft since, you know, you know years. Yeah, decade. and they've been in, like in a coaching abyss. And I think D'Amico Ryan's like, it seems like he's a difference-making So coach. far, so good. Bobby Slowick has been a good offensive coordinator coming from the Shanahan world. So it's like, they're organized. There's something happening here where it's like been years of this hopelessness. Is, this is a much bigger test against the Steelers' defense, especially for the Texans' offense. On the other side of the ball, you know, it's not as big a test. I, I, I didn't come out of that Raiders game like all that more confident in Pickett and what's going on. But it's a, it's a, a another chance for the Texans to kind of make a make themselves a real story. You want you want to really get people's attention? Go to and two. That place will be yep. wild cuz that is a great football town and they're waiting for something. They now yeah, got the, a quarterback. It's interesting watching the Texans and it's like, "Oh, welcome back to the world of the living." Mm -hmm. Like they've just been kind of kind of in the NFL for a couple of years. And now it's like, "Oh, they're in the NFL." They're like a real team that plays games that you want to watch sometimes. It's all it's all progress. One quarterback, it really does. It really does change everything. Tell me about it. Um, all right. That's it. Uh, we have a NFL Plus program. I mean, you got to be checking this out. We would not push this on you if we didn't believe in the product. Different stuff every week. Different than what you're going to hear I don't know what your excuse show. is if you've avoided this uh, secondary show that we do. Sharpen the knife. Go deeper. Go deeper into the flesh of the people that haven't checked it out yet. Well, I think you're a lost individual. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so check out uh, Around the NFL on NFL Plus. New episode going up later Thursday. And also TNF Recap Lions Packers. Greg Rosenthal and a special guest who is? J.P. Acosta from SB Nation. One, nice. one of the best young football minds out there. Oh, smart well dude, done. Smart dude. So you have you have a, one of the great young minds and an old gnarly wizard. <laughs> Greg Rosenthal. I mean, I'm not that old. We're getting there, though. We. Oui. You're old. I mean, I'm one year older than you, I think. The older was the word. <laughs> um, all right, that's it. So plenty more stuff, and then we'll all be back together 
on the flagship program Sunday night. Till then, Dan Hans is signing off for the old boss. They call Sizzler. Oh, the nicknames. They're all over the place. Eric Roberts. Heed the call. Afterward, birds too, like them old Looney Tunes movies they made. Cuckoo, tweet, tweet, Polly on a cracker. Now I'm hungry. Who wants Popeyes? I'll buy them. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.